0: you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Well, as I looked around today, I saw that most of you survived Black Friday. Now, when I was a kid, it wasn't Black Friday, it was the Thursday after Thanksgiving, and I always compared it to when I was a little kid, my grandma always went to Dollar Day in Terre Haute, and Schultz Department Store had a dry goods where they had curtains and sheets and all this stuff, and I can remember as a kid going down there, and these little old ladies were fighting over the same panel of curtains trying to get a mat set. I don't really think there was a mat set in the in the bin. But I've been there. I've done that. I'm not much of a Black Friday person. For Black Friday for us was for years, I'd go up and buy a bag of ice on Thanksgiving morning and a newspaper. And the girls would sit down after lunch and they would go through the paper and get their morning all planned out. Then... I would go meet them at 9 o'clock the next morning at Hardee's for breakfast. I wanted nothing to do with that Black Friday crowd. Probably one of the few times I ever did it was uh, we were in Gurney, Illinois at Wilma's Ants. And we went to Gurney Mills, you know, one of the largest shopping centers in America. Went on Black Friday. Can you imagine that? Man, there was lines out the doors, people to get in. I dropped the girls off, and I said, I'm going to Bass Pro. If they don't have what I want, I'll be sleeping in the car. Well, I went in, and I found my two things. But as I looked, the lines to check out by that time were all the way through the building, two or three hundred people deep, six of them. Well, I had picked up a couple of things. I had a Bass Pro points card. So I walked up to the customer service desk and there are literally hundreds of people waiting in line. I said, how do I use my fast pro points? And she goes, let me see. says, if you'd like, I'd check you out right now. Almost gave that gal a hug, let me tell you. (laughs) But you've survived. And, you know, how funny it is that we can turn from Thanksgiving one day to a total spectrum of Christmas and ourselves the next day. But, you know, we look at Christmas, and a lot of us gauge Christmas each year. You know, most of us probably already have this Christmas pretty well planned out. We know this is going to happen, that's going to happen, we're going to buy this for so-and-so, that. And we're looking at it and saying, man, this is going to be a pretty good Christmas. Well, you know, all of us have our own rating plan. Kind of like on TripAdvisor and things like that, we rate ourselves on what Christmas is all about. And lots of times when we were younger, we measured Christmas on quantity. You know, how much is under the tree? Today we look at it maybe in quality of, of goods. But, you know, Christmas is something we always look back on fondly in a lot of ways. Most of us do. You know, I can remember some of the great gifts I got on Christmas. I'm sure you can too. I took a minute. I got a bike in 1964. And that bike I know cost $39.95 at Western Auto because I looked at it for months and said that's what I wanted. You know what that bike would cost in today's dollars? And I can't imagine spending this on any of my kids. About $450 in today's dollars. Then I realized how much my parents sacrificed to get me that bike. You know, you have little things that came along like a road race set, and probably one of the things I used the most when I was in fifth or sixth grade, I got a Dallas Cowboys stocking hat. Now, you all kind of look at that. That's 1966. You know, we're talking Roger Staubach and and uh, Bob Hayes, the world's fastest man, and we didn't have a Colts team around here. But I wore that thing for years. In fact, I think he still had it when I got married. You know, we all have gifts that we look back on finally, and it may be that you have some of those today, too. You know, most of us that are boomers have a much better Christmas than our parents did. My dad said that his Christmas growing up in the Depression was a bag of candy, a pair of socks, and an apple in a brown paper bag. Not an apple, an orange. And the orange was the treat, because you did not get fresh fruits and vegetables back then. But my grandpa, who was a coal miner, who only worked part of the year when there was demand, that's the best he could do with five kids. Now, one of the things we're going to do this year at our house, hopefully my kids aren't watching online today, is in each of their stockings this year, so that we can tell that story to our kids and grandkids, is they're going to get a brown paper bag with some hard candy an orange in it, and we're going to say, this is how Grandma, Grandpa Grayless did Christmas in 1928, 29, 30, and hopefully teach them a lesson to appreciate what they have. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that go on this time of year, and a lot of times we get so busy, we hate to admit it, that we've missed the point of Christmas, You know, we moved from Thanksgiving and it's now, let's put up the Christmas decorations. By the way, there's going to be a transformation here tomorrow. You won't recognize this place come next Sunday. It'll be beautiful. Tomorrow's a transformation day. And a lot of our houses are that way. And, you know, some people, I know one person who put a Christmas tree up the day after Halloween. If that person had their way, Christmas would be decorated 365. But, you know, our whole focus changes a lot of times. You know, there's two problems with thinking about stuff and Christmas. One thing about whether we have a good Christmas or a bad Christmas, the truth is, every once in a while, one Christmas is going to be a loss. You know, we can't always beat last year. And the second problem that comes up is we get too focused on ourselves. So here we are. I don't want to discourage you because I know some of you are thinking, this isn't going to be a great Christmas for us at our house. You know, we everything's gone up 7.7% this year. You know, we're fighting inflation. Our dollars isn't going farther. We have all of these things that have come into the quotient. And you say, it's not going to be as good. Maybe there will be an empty seat at your table. Maybe there will be a child that's left home and you know they're not going to call back. And maybe... We talked about this at Thanksgiving. There'll be some families that no one comes to spend the day with them. And it could be a bust. Well, let's talk about a little bit. It's what God's done for us. The sense of Christmas isn't really about you. Because... You desperately... It's really about you. The the sense of Christmas or the meaning of Christmas is really about you and I. It's really about us. Because we need what Christmas has given us. 2,000 years ago, Jesus left heaven to come to the earth. The Bible says, though he was God, he did not man to cling to his rights as God, but made himself nothing. He took on the humble position as a slave and appeared in human form. Or from Romans where it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he do this? Because there was no other way for you and I to become fully alive in this world and to know God and to know about God and have him living inside us. Several hundred years ago, Augustine wrote this. God became a man for this purpose. Since you, a human being, could not reach God, but you can reach other humans, you might now reach God through a man. And so the man, Christ Jesus, became the mediator of God and human beings. Jesus became a man so that you and I can accomplish what was formerly impossible for us. And that was to be in a right relationship with God. Paul told Timothy, for there's only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and people. He is a man, Christ in Jesus. That word reconciliation. If you've ever taken accounting, it means getting what you paid out and what you te- took in to equal up, to reconcile your books. Because, to be honest, most of our lives, when it comes to being reconciled or in a balanced relationship with God, most of our lives are like a teeter-totter with 200-pound mark on one end and a 50-pound kid up in the air on the other. Totally out of balance. But Jesus Christ came to reconcile that between God and ourselves. And how did he do that? And in human form, he humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. That's what makes things right between you and I and God. It's the fact that Jesus chose to leave heaven. He chose to come to this world. and He chose to put us in a right relationship with his heavenly Father. So when we begin to talk about moving beyond Black Friday, here's some things I want to encourage you to do. First of all, take time to appreciate the one special gift that you've been given. You're thinking, Mark, I don't have time to hardly appreciate anything. My plate's full. Okay, I looked at mine this week. I have two All-Pro Dads meetings coming up. I'm speaker at the Brazil Optimist Club. I have a trip to Myers Dinner Theater. I have a trip to Dickens of a Christmas in Franklin, Tennessee. Two family get-togethers, a small group we hope to get started. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and several other things I know are going to get thrown in the middle of it. And on top of that, I probably ought to do some Christmas shopping. And I'm saying, when do I have time to sit down and appreciate what God has given me? I want you to take time today to think about what Christ did for you. David Meese, the songwriter, puts it this way. As little children, we dream of Christmas morning, of the gifts and toys we knew we'd find. But we never realized a baby worn one blessed night gave us the greatest gift of our lives. Take a listen to this. We are the reason that He gave His life. We are the reason He suffered and died. To a world that was lost, He gave all He could give to show us the reason to live. The reason for the season is you and I, and God's gift to us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that who shall ever believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So take some time to appreciate the gift that God has given you. Now, the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to add one more recipient to your gift list. Now, it's running through your head now. Just one more gift to chase down. More money to spend. you got to be kidding. I don't have time for that. But God came that you might have the gift of life and have it abundantly. The gift of salvation, of love, forgiveness, kindness, joy, all these things that following Jesus brings you. And the only thing that you have to give back to him is yourself. And that's the gift that God wants most from you. He wants you not just to sit in this pew and worship Him, but He wants to be in part of every portion of your life. Your work, your play, your family, your friends. Paul tells us, I urge you, brothers, And sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your proper worship. Luke tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and your mind and your neighbor as yourself. You know, those are hard words to follow because something's always competing for our loyalty. Something's always competing for our time. Even in retirement, as myself, or semi-retirement, there are always those things that come along competing for my energy, my interest, and my influence. But Peter tells us, above all, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God's given us all an opportunity to honor him by serving him. Now you're probably telling yourselves, I don't have time. I don't have energy. I don't have talents. Or probably one of the famous quotes that I run across frequently, I've seen him on TV several times, It's a preacher or an evangelist named David Ring. David Ring has cerebral palsy. And he talks about people getting involved in the church. And his famous quote that he always closes with, when he talks about people not serving, he says, I've got cerebral palsy. What's yours excuse? And that really hits home, doesn't it? Use our talents and abilities to serve God. It's so important to do that. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, even if any one of you gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will truly not lose their reward. Christmas is God's gift to us. He gave us one thing we need in life. He gave us hope and faith and all of those things that come along because of following him. If you want to give the gift that keeps on giving, give somebody Jesus. Because he's the only gift that goes beyond the grave. The only thing that we have to give someone. So Jesus wants us to give the gift of our time and talents and influence. You say, I've got a lot of commitments. One of the things you get to do as you get older is look back where you've been. You get to run into people that have walked through your life. This last March, a woman and I took a trip to Nashville. little skinny girl, about this tall, grew up in our church at Terre Haute. She Eventually, they moved to Ohio. And we went to hear her. She was in the Naval Academy Glee Club. There she was in her uniform and physically fit and a smile on her face. And it made us proud to know that we had invested in her. We had done just that. You know, lots of times we don't hear a lot about investing in people, but it's important to do. One of the fun things we do here at Union, Union okay, First Christian Church. When you preach there for 26 years, it's hard to get that out of your head. Is we invest in a thing called All Pro Dads, where dads come to breakfast once a month with their kids at two elementary schools at Force Park and also at Eastside. And we're going to get started back on that here in the future. Excited about that. In fact, start Thursday of this week. And you wonder, does it make a difference? A few months ago, I happened to be cruising Facebook, and I saw one of our parents post a picture of his son, whom I have not seen since COVID ended or started. My, he had grown up. And that's what I made it known. I said, he has grown up. Tell him hi. A young man named Derek Todd from here in Brazil posted back to me. I sure will. We still talk about and miss all pro dads. Now, when you get a note like that, it encourages that that getting up early, a couple mornings a week and going to school and dealing with all of that for an hour and a half is worth the time. So that's what I want to share with you. Give him back some of your time, your talent. Your energy. Now, there's one more gift for everyone on your list. Everyone. This is a gift that you can offer God to your friends, your family, and everyone else that's been involved in your life. And it won't crimp your budget, and you don't have to fight crowds and traffic to use it. That gift is Gratitude. I want to encourage you to develop an attitude of gratitude. How do you do that? First of all, by saying thank you to God for all of he's done for you. And also saying thank you to people who've invested in you in the past. Most of us don't take time to do that. Paul encourages in Philippians chapter 1, Every time I think of you... I give thanks to God. Imagine this. If you were to say to your children, your spouse, your employer, your employees, this year, in addition to my other gifts, I'm giving you Philippians 1 3. Every time I think of you, I will pause for a moment and give thanks to God for your presence in your life. Would that make a difference in your family? in your workplace, in your acquaintances, if you took time to thank God for them and what they had done in your life. Earlier this year, our small group, that one of the small groups that we're in, talked about relationships. And I made a promise that I was going to go visit three people from my past. And I took an afternoon and just went. Really, it was because you couldn't find them all at home. You know how the typical world is today. couldn't find them all at the same time. ended up being three different trips. But I went to their house, and I sat down and visited with them for 45 minutes or so, and they were so appreciative. One of them I hadn't seen in 25-plus years. But I walked away from that situation feeling blessed from just hearing what had happened in their lives since I'd last seen them. You know, growing up, there were individuals in Brazil that I would come back and visit. Did this up to, still do it today in a lot of ways, up till last year when the one of the last ones passed. Friends, people that had been encouragers to me, like there was a gentleman named Tommy Price that was very gracious and gregarious man, and I'd always stop a couple times a year to see Tommy, or a guy named Joe Carpenter who was friends with Dad, and the guy, some of the guys that, hung around Clark's Sporting Goods store, I would stop and speak with them. These were individuals that I just stopped in to say hi to, and I found out today after first service, I'd even forgotten about this. Lady comes up to me with tears in her eyes, and she says, you probably forgot about the time you came to my house when my husband was sick and brought your guitar and sat down and sang for him. Forgotten all about it. But that was one of those people that had invested a lot in my life. And he had had a stroke and I wanted to to do something special for him. And you know, we all can do that. In a lot of different ways. I want to encourage you. We had a staff meeting last week. We shared a story out of my past 50 years ago. We were traveling and singing revivals, and we were down at Centerpoint United Methodist Church, and we were the special music for a revival there. And Preacher Tom Osborne was the preacher that, if you look in Dolly Parton's recordings, there's a song about Preacher Tom. But Preacher Tom was preaching, and he came down to the last night of the revival, and I still get a soft spot in my heart when I think of this moment. He began to talk about Mary and how she broke the alabaster box and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped them with her hair. And that night he preached on that, and up in front he had a great big box. And at the end of the service, he went up and he took the lid off that box, and it was full of daisies. And he asked the people in the congregation, he says, if someone's here who invited you to church for the first time... Take them a daisy. Or somebody's here that has encouraged you. Maybe you've had a death in the family and they've come to stand alongside you. Take them a flower. And that went on and on for, it seemed like, an hour. And people were hugging and embracing and there was a sense of the presence of Christ there. In a great way. Because those folks took a moment to share their gratitude with others. We did it once at Union Christian Church while I was there. And it was a tremendous moving moment. Now Mark didn't use flowers. He's too cheap. We used stars. And people got little stars. But it was such an encouraging time for the people of God as they shared gratitude to each other. I want to encourage you today to do just that. To show gratitude to those around you. That's something that costs you nothing other than a phone call, a few minutes of your time, or even a note, or even less than that, a text or an email. Because it will make a difference in that person's life, in that person's moment. To know that they have touched you in a special way. And that you have taken an opportunity to thank them. That attitude of gratitude can change and turn relationships around. And it's all because of what God has done with us. In Psalm 80, David repeats the same thing three times Turn again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. His face has shone down upon us through Jesus Christ. His face shines to others through His Spirit and through our ministry and our opportunities. So today, instead of developing that habit of me-isms, let's take a moment and move beyond today, move beyond Black Friday, by truly getting an appreciation for the gift that Christ has given us, salvation through His death, burial, and resurrection. Let's give a talent, a time, an influence away this year into God's family. Last of all, develop that attitude of gratitude and say thank you to God and to those people that have touched your life in a special way. See, we can move beyond Black Friday. We can move beyond me and have it be about others in him. That's what today's message is all about. Let's pray together. Father, it's my prayer today that as we think about where you're going in our lives, about what's happening, that we uh, take just a moment to focus on you. Maybe somebody here hasn't opened the gift of salvation. Maybe someone's falling short in. It's my prayer that today your spirit touches people's hearts and lives. That what we said moves beyond this room and into their home, their workplace, and their people they influence. Let your spirit speak to people's hearts today. This is my prayer in Christ's name. Amen.